Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Kingdom Order Principles. I'm your host, Brother Malcolm. I hope you all are doing well. And I'm here, as always, with uh, the rest of the KOP team, Sister Deborah B and Elder Nkenji. How are you all doing today? I'm doing well. I am thankful that this is a short week and I can relax uh, at the end of the week. How are you guys doing? Great. Amen to the short week. Um, I f- Absolutely. Yes, indeed. I feel great. My voice is voice is acting strange, so I hope to hope not to clear my throat all night. But but uh, all is well. That's awesome. That's awesome. And yes, I, I second, I third, I support all of the short week. So, <laughs> but, but I'm glad we uh, are able to have some time to continue to talk about um, what we've been discussing for the, the, these past couple of episodes um, dealing with biblical church government. And as you can see from the slides here, we are still making our way down this list, but we are going to jump right into it. If you haven't watched the previous episodes, please do go and check those out, whether it's on YouTube or in your favorite podcasting app, because we have talked about the de-emphasis of spirit baptism, um, talked about forsaking the church's foundational elements, focusing on congregants rather than disciples, and creating doctrines instead of obeying. And Today, in today's episode, we're going to jump into substituting religious form for God's power. So, and on this whole list, we have been discussing why has the church become less effective. But um, while I'm pulling up the scripture for for this topic, could you give us a little uh, overview? Uh, Sure. Uh, Substituting religious form for God's power. Uh, This bullet point harkens back all the way to the first bullet point, which is the emphasis of spirit baptism. When the church refuses the baptism of the spirit or ignores the baptism of the spirit, it falls back on, by default, some level of religious form. The Most High is not interested in a bunch of talk. He's interested in words that come from his spirit and action that comes from his spirit. And so what the, what the believers need to understand is that uh, if you're in, if you're in a situation congregation that there is never any exhibition of the power of God, it should concern you. The scripture tells us, I believe it's Hebrews uh, 13, eight, if I'm not mistaken, that Jesus, the son of God, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if the Son of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, so is God. So is the Most High. And when you read through the scriptures, it should be very clear that he's not just acting with with script. It's not just words. He performs powerfully. Awesome. Okay, so I have this this scripture and just even from that little uh, nugget that you were just sharing that I have, have questions already but let's <laughs> let's okay. let's um reference the, the the verse that you have here so you have second Timothy chapter 3 verse 5 I have it already pulled up so I'm, I'm gonna read be reading from the ESV version hmm. and so it reads having the appearance of godliness but denying its power avoid such people hmm. and let's see uh, I'll read it again. I just pulled the King James. So let me read it again in the King James version. It reads, having a form of, form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. I think, I think this is one of those scriptures, at least for me, that I don't, I don't think a few times that I read it over, I never really uh, understood the weight behind it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you can have, uh, excuse me, I'm sure you have some more, um, explanation to add to it, Elder and Kenji. Um, so if you could, please do that. And then I think I might ask my question so that we can have, I guess, a little bit more foundation before we start um, going on our tangents as we like to do. <laughs> I think our tangents are uh, are good and and not in, not really tangents. They're, they are you know, extensions of the, of the original question. But I think it would be good just one more time to read it in the King James, please. Absolutely. And that's Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 5 reads, Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. That's very simply stated. 
Uh, I think I want to add a scripture to it for people to get an understanding. And the word power in this other uh, place in scripture is the same Greek word. Okay. Um, the other scripture that I want us to, to consider is 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. And in the King James, it reads, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Obviously, obviously, the word of God is necessary, but the Most High is not only about words. The word, the scripture that I read here, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 20, the word kingdom is there. Let me say a little bit about kingdom. Kingdom is essentially the dominion of a king, okay? And if you do, if you if you are a king and you expect to have a dominion, you must have power because eventually your, your kingdom will be challenged. So you could have all of the all of the right words, all of the right uh, ideas in prose, but if there is never any ability to back up what is said, then you will not have a kingdom and you will be a king with a throne and nothing that you oversee. The word, uh, the word power in both verses, both 2 Timothy 3, verse 5, and 1 Corinthians 4, verse 20, the word power, uh, the Greek word is dunamis, D-U-N-A-M-I-S. And that's the Greek word from, from which we get the word dynamite, okay? And the first thing that should come to uh, mind when we hear the word dynamite or dunamis, is explosive power. It's explosive. So words can be powerful in their in, in their concept, but there has to be something active in addition to a powerful concept. Here's one thing we must understand. We have an enemy. The word, the scripture, makes it clear to us from the beginning that we have an enemy. And so if all we are capable of accessing and utilizing is prose, language, we will be overcome. In fact, in, in, in Genesis chapter 3, when we see this encounter with the enemy, the enemy used language to confuse Eve. And, and so that none of the sisters think that we're picking on Eve here. Adam, who understood still did the wrong thing. So so mankind can be overcome by words. What we need beyond words is explosive power showing who the king is. And so when, when we stray away from all of the scripture um, telling us that we must wait for power from on high, if we ignore that, we're left with words and we're left with trying to create uh, religious form and symbolism. And those things may be good at some level. You know, they, they may be, um, you know, impressive in some ways. But the only thing our enemy is impressed with is power. And trust me, the scripture tells us that he is the God of this world. So if we are trying to make an impact in this world, if we are trying to represent the Most High God, and all we have is words and ritual, we are coming short of, of representing him well. That's, that's so interesting. I'm trying to keep my, my, my thoughts and my questions together. Um, with, with that, in regards to the body, needing to be able to put on display or at, at least be used by the most high to put his power on display. Sure. It, I find it really interesting that even within the body, there, there are certain groups or denominations that completely demonize or 
you know, uh, like to talk negatively about displays of power. Mm-hmm. They either say all that stuff is done away with, we don't need this anymore, or they'll automatically say like, no, this is that that's actually demonic. Like you shouldn't mm-hmm. be able to do that. You shouldn't do those things. Mm-hmm. How, 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 how did we get there? <laughs> how did we get to that place that people are so confused about what it actually means to see God's power? Cause there are some people who may say, you know, they, they went to a church service or whatever. And the, the preacher is doing everything, you know, they're, they're putting on a full uh, display of what mm-hmm. some people may see as, you know, uh, anointing or uh, the, the Holy Spirit or power, but you don't see anything. You just have this feeling of experience through words, you know, mm-hmm. or through the music or through the choir or whatever. And, you know, people leave and it's like, well, God's presence was there. God's power mm-hmm. was there. And that's acceptable. Like that's enough. And then for other people, it's like, well, we don't even play music. We, we, we're going to sing these hymns and that's, that's how you see God's power. Mm-hmm. How, how did we get so far away from what the scriptures say, scriptures say and, and put on display in the Old Testament and in the New Testament? Well, I, I think the simple answer is that we do have an enemy. Look, our enemy knows that if we have clarity of understanding of the, the ways and nature of God and the power of God, his opposition becomes more futile. And so what he has been able to do is to deceive men over the years about various things. And it's interesting. (laughs) It's interesting that you mentioned, you know, there are some believers, sincere believers that, that are, that are really against the, the, the use of, uh, the use of instruments in worship. And, it's amazing to me that you read the scripture, particularly the book of Psalms, and there's the mentioning of all of these instruments, you know, the psaltery, harp, the sackbut, you know, <laughs> and all of these instruments that, you know, we have to look up to find out what they are. But these instruments are, are clearly noted. And the Psalms, 150, 150 chapters mostly about worship with incredible mention of the use of instruments. I can only conclude that there is an enemy that understands that with people fully uh, giving themselves over in worship, that he might be encountered and overcome. Case in point, uh, Saul, the first king of Israel, when he disobeyed the Most High, um, Samuel the prophet said that the kingdom has been torn away from you and given to another who is better than you. And the scripture shows us that an evil spirit began to torment him after he had disobeyed the Most High. And some people in his own court told him, say, hey, listen, uh, we know that there is an excellent player in the kingdom, young man by the name of David. Uh, in fact, in Second Samuel, I want to say chapter twenty-three, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's the end of David's life. He's 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 uh, uh, described as the sweet psalmist of Israel. But but David was employed and brought into the kingdom of Saul because of his ability to play an instrument and bring to cessation the work of the enemy in Saul's life. Interesting. So right here, right in that, you see that demons can deceive people about even power with respect to music (laughs) and cause people to say, oh, no, we don't want to do that. Now, back to the larger question of the display of power. The Most High has displayed power from the beginning and made it clear that the display of power is the means by which you can discern that He is God. 
there are two things that the Most High himself says that that show that he is the Most High in 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 the Scripture Elohim. The word Elohim in the Old Testament is used a lot, and that's it. Just essentially means God. Uh, the false gods are called Elohim, but they're spelled with a lowercase e. The Most High is spelled with a uppercase e. And uh, well, the two things that he says are the ways that you can identify that he indeed is the Most High, is that he tells you what's going to happen before it happens and that he is able to do what idols cannot. Idols cannot see. Idols cannot talk. Idols cannot uh, use hands or walk. It is the power and the display of power and the power of being able to say what's going to happen before it does that makes God God. That separates him from everyone else. Uh, the last, the last uh, example that I want to bring forward, at least at this point, is in in John chapter three. A, a one of the Sadducees, scribes, Pharisees, one of those people that were the religious order that would not normally believe that Jesus is related to the Most High or working with the Most High. He came to Jesus by night and said. We know that you are a man from God because of the miracles that you do. And so it should be clear that the display of power is indeed indicative of the presence of God. And the scriptures show from the beginning to the end that power is necessary to uphold the kingdom of God. That's good stuff. But before I ask another question, mm -hmm. uh, Sister DeBorby, did you have any questions or comments that you wanted to make? Since we brought up music, I do have a question. I actually wasn't going to ask this question in this meeting, but I'm just going to go ahead and ask it now. Why not? I saw a video on Instagram and it had a popular gospel singer. Think, I believe he was either at an, an award show or in concert. I'm not going to mention his name. Thank you. But he is indeed popular. One line that he said that puzzled me, but I just walked away from it. He said, the lion and the lamb will bow down to the goat. Uh oh. And this video has been circulating. And so I usually we'll go and watch the entire, go search for the entire program mm -hmm. because just so that I don't take it out of context, I can, mm -hmm. I didn't even have the energy to do that sure. because it just felt like confusion. Mm -hmm. And so when I discussed it with a friend, they wanted to not even speak on the possibility of confusion because it was this gospel singer, that this gospel singer has, you know, written some hits and has won awards. So they would never do anything or say anything against <laughs> God. And I'm not saying that mm -hmm. this person indeed did this. Sure. But what I'm saying is we can become so religious that we're not seeking God or testing the spirit to see if indeed this person has fallen off. And so my question is, how do we or what should we do when, you know, when we're pursuing God and we want to listen to music and we want to listen to music that is still somewhat close to secular music? Mm -hmm. How do we keep an open mind in this so that we don't fall victim to just following after someone because they're popular or because they've won so many awards or, you know, they've been a sure. hit? since the year 2000 or whatever, not just made that year up. Uh, how do we get to that point where it's okay to test the spirit and rely on God to show us who we should listen to or not listen to? Great question. And, and I will address that, that phrase that was uttered, but I'll, I'll deal with the last, the last part first. 
I know in some of the shows that we've already recorded, I I quoted something that Paul, Shaul in Hebrew, but Apostle Paul said, he told believers to follow him as he followed Christ, which is indeed a challenge to everyone that's following Paul to know Christ for themselves. You cannot correct uh, Paul or or assess whether Paul is on track or not if you have no idea of what being on track looks like. Okay? So my, my exhortation to everyone is be beware of any kind of emulation or what's another way of saying it? Just blindly following anybody about anything. Okay. You have to, you have to individually make it a point to read the scripture and study the scripture. I always say read first, and that should be the priority because you can try to study scripture without having read scripture. And you could find ways to uh, buttress your own beliefs besides what is true. Once you've read the whole counsel of God, and if you begin to study matters, then you might find challenges to your own thoughts about matters. Okay? So read the scripture. Pray with some consistency for the purpose of not just asking for, for things for yourself but for the purpose of getting to know the Most High and to deny yourself. If you give yourself everything that you've ever wanted, uh, it's likely that if the Most High tells you to do something that you don't want, it'll be easier for, for you to disobey him. Okay? So, you know, discipline yourselves. All right? And so, with respect to music or anything relative to the Most High, um, the form is not as material as the lyrical content, okay? I am somewhat of a musician myself. I am very much a songwriter, but uh, I'm somewhat of a musician. So I understand that form, you know, form is, is, is style, okay? The style really doesn't matter so much to God as long as his message is uh consistent the message in the in the in the music is consistent with his message okay uh so what's what's really at issue is the message that's coming across it's okay it's okay to have favorite artists or even favorite preachers or favorite anything but the most favored should be the most high himself the scripture itself, so that if your favorite ever goes off course, you know it, and you don't find yourself uh, defending somebody on merits other than the the will of God. Okay, so I think that answers the the form uh, issue. Now, uh, the, what was said um, that the lion and the lamb will bow down to the goat. I can see two very opposite uh, definitions for that, okay? I'll deal with the most negative first. Uh, the enemy, Satan, is often depicted as a goat, okay? And the lion and the lamb are most often depicted as Yehoshua or Yeshua, Christ, the person of Christ. Okay, so if in that negative sense, uh, one is saying that the 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 lamb that was sent to save us all, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth, if he if he's to bow down to the enemy, obviously that's not true. That's incorrect. That's an antichrist statement. Okay, I'm not at at this point, uh, trying to determine what that artist may have meant. I don't know. Um, 
I just know that I'm going to define these words and leave it to everyone else to to determine. Uh, just so you know, I'm not going to lose any sleep or probably after this broadcast, think about that at all because I'm pursuing the most high and that just doesn't distract me. But I gave you the, I gave you probably the most negative uh, interpretation of what that may have meant. Now I'm going to give you the most positive. Okay. First Corinthians 15 tells us that at some point Christ, Christ himself will give everything back to the most high because the most high, Yahweh, Yahuwah, Yahweh, Elohim, the most high God is all in all. First Corinthians 15. Okay. So knowing that songwriting is the exercise of uh, packing words within a meter and off, oftentimes using uh, lesser words uh, and leaving space for interpretation, uh, knowing that that's the case, um, this person might have been saying that the goat is the most high. I have no idea what this person intended. I didn't hear it. I'm not going to look for it. <laughs> I've, got, I've got plenty of music that's happening in my head all the time. But that is to say this, what's what we, what we need to understand is definition. And if we're going to say anything clever that has the potential of coming across negatively, we have to define what we're saying. If we don't know what we're saying, do not say. So what I'm what I'm saying for for the hearers is this, you know, I can see how that can be seen very negatively, that phrase. And, you know, I, I, I don't fight against the negative connotation. I can also see how it could be meant very positively in a clever way, in a clever use of the word goat as greatest of all time. Okay. I have no idea what this person meant. I don't care. Okay. You know, if they meant something negative, uh, they're going to have to deal with the most high about that unless they repent. If they had a negative intent, if they had a positive intent, my guess is the most high will tell them at some point, explain yourself so people don't trip. Okay. But I think that, you know, my explanation should help us you know, to not lose sleep and understand that our goal should be to hone in so much on, on the scripture, on communing with the most high in prayer and denying ourselves that when these gray or seeming gray things happen, we have a better facility to explain and understand what's happening. How's that sister B, Deborah B? That's actually good. And I, and I thought about the other side of him saying the goat was the most high or is the most high, the greatest of all time. Mm -hmm. But of course, you know, when you're seeing it on social media, it is left up for interpretation. <laughs> I guess the point for me is whatever he meant, and mm -hmm. that's why I didn't go search because it really doesn't matter to me, is that we cannot put these people on pedestals. We cannot Absolutely. glorify them. You know, we can't look at them as idols or many gods, you know, mm -hmm. the whole idea is for us, if they are an instrument, we are to, you know, whatever song or movie or whatever an entertainer makes mm -hmm. is to give us information and open our hearts to the most high, to Elohim, to Adonai, not the person singing the song or writing the song. And so... That was my point is that we, we need to get past look, putting these people on pedestals Amen. and just worship God. Amen. So that's it. But thank you for breaking that down. I, I, I hope that, you know, that confusion dies down and people will go on and, and seek the most high about it and ask him. So right. thank you. Absolutely. No, yeah, that's, that's good. Um, when, when you, when you shared that, Sister Deborah B, I definitely, I think 
as Elder and Kenji had explained it, like I, those two extremes came up to mind. It's like, ah, uh, this is, this, this might not, I don't know. That might not have been the best, but you know, uh, our, our art is very difficult and challenging sometimes. And it, it can, can, you know, be a subject or left up for interpretation. Um, but you know, uh, I, I too won't be losing sleep over it. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, I, I think I had a couple more questions in re regards to this, to this bullet point before, before we move on to another one. Um, so we see it's, it's substituting religious form for God's power. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think the best way to order these questions. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll start with the, the point. I think it's, um, I thought it was really good the way that you explained uh, how a kingdom ultimately needs power because yes. it has to defend its dom dominion. Yes. I find that really, really interesting, um, particularly because, you know, as uh, American citizens, we don't often think about kingdoms um, because we live in a democracy. We live in a republic or whatever, you know, it's not the same idea. Um this this idea of there being one ruler and their dominion is over many places mm -hmm. and you know you kind of have to this idea of protecting the crown if we would look at you know the british the british mm -hmm. kingdom mm -hmm. um it, it's just it's just really interesting that even as believers we understand that god is a king mm -hmm. but i guess with within churchianity <laughs> Maybe we automatically think nobody's really challenging God's kingdom. Ooh. But even if we look at scripture, that's not true. You know, like wow. Jesus was tempted. And, but, but I, don't, I don't know. Maybe that's part of that deceit to make us believe that, that like, Absolutely. oh, you know, everything is, you know, everything's already handled. So there's no reason for us to necessarily fight or to be you know, in opposition to anything, but it's, we can see it <laughs> that there, there, that there's actual fight happening and that it does require more than just like you were saying, words and nice songs. Indeed. And it's, it's, it's very good that you put it in those terms. Um, what's interesting, uh, relative to, uh, a governmental form, no, the United States is not a, uh, you know, a kingdom in, in the sense of a king with dominion. But I think everyone has heard uh, when the United States is involved in political situations all over the world, the reason the United States uh, says it's involved, it's to protect our interests, which is essentially the same as a king uh, protecting their dominion. You know, so I, I, I hope everyone understands that this, this idea of a king and a dominion, it really does uh, translate when you think of the United States government. Um, yeah, and, and the idea the idea that we do not have to fight against an enemy is indeed the fruit of demonic deception. Because absolutely there is a demonic control and fighting going on, even though Christ uh, uh, effectively won by raising uh raising from the dead. And so people have this conflict with that. Well, if Christ, when he rose from the dead, and if he has, uh, you know, destroyed the work of the enemy, um, why then is there any fight? Well, here's the deal. Uh, he destroyed the, the, the absolute authority of Satan, but he did not take away all of Satan's power. And because because Satan is uh, not godly and not obedient to God, what power he remains, although it, it, it wanes over the centuries, he utilizes to this very day. 
In fact, um, I, I think I'm going to ask you to read it, Jamile. Um, I'm afraid that I might cough at any moment. I'm not sick. I think I ate something dry and my throat has yet to uh, has yet to recover. But Second uh, Corinthians chapter four, uh, it might be verses three and four, but it's certainly four. If you would uh, go there, I'm going to turn to so that I can make sure that's a, that, that that's exactly what I want read. But Second Corinthians chapter four. Yeah. Read three and four, if you would, sir, please. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses three and four. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Okay. Now we see very clearly that a demon is involved with disabling one from seeing something that should be so startlingly clear. Am I, am I misinterpreting what's read there? Okay. What seems to be so clear has been made, uh, has, has been veiled from people. And so there is an enemy actively at work with causing people not to see. And when people don't see the, the, the glorious light of the gospel, they tend to act in the inglorious darkness of the enemy. All right. And if people are acting after the deception and blindness foisted upon them by the enemy, they do all kinds of wicked things. And so there is still a need for power. The power of God destroys that veil that has blinded them. The power of God uh, takes away the blindness that disables them from seeing the glorious light of the gospel. You might recall when Paul the apostle was given uh given authority by the, the Jewish council to travel to Damascus, to put in prison all that believe on that way. That way are the believers, the disciples, people call themselves Christians, all right? He had the authority to, to uh, hail them into prison. And he was blinded <laughs> by the glorious light of the gospel to stop him from doing what he intended to do. And he sat blindly for a while in someone's home. And there was this man called Ananias, I believe, who was commissioned by the Most High to go uh, restore his sight and, and, and tell him about his destiny. And the scripture says, when Ananias prayed for him, scales fell from his eyes. There was some power involved. And from that day forward, Paul became Paul the Apostle, essentially, in action. And not Paul the uh, the um, destroyer of the Christian church. So so I, I, I hope people see from 2 Corinthians 4, 3, and 4, that there is an active work by the enemy even now to fight against the work of the Most High. And so power is necessary in addition to words empowered by the spirit. Power, du dunamis, dynamic power is still needed. Good. Sister Board, BSC, you have a comment or question? It's, I think it's more of a comment. I believe the confusion is the difference between saying one is under the old covenant versus the new covenant. I guess the new covenant says, well, I can chill or I don't have to do as much or what they did in the Bible was just more of an example than it is for us to use as a guide for today's time. And, and then if things really go haywire, we'll just all be raptured up <laughs> and we won't have to worry about a thing. And I, I can't think of the chapter. I was actually looking for it, but 
I'm thinking of this master going away for a while. He said, I'll go away for a little while. And when I mm -hmm. return, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to paraphrase. Don't get caught slipping. Right. Meaning do your work. Right. What is that? What is that work? Are we casting out demons? Are we healing the sick? Are we recruiting disciples? Or are we chilling because we're under the new covenant? That's all I have to say. That's that's well said, sister. And and I'll I'll you know I'll I'll go from where you left off in terms of the work. One need read uh, Mark chapter sixteen, and I believe from verse fifteen to through the end of the chapter, if not 16, through the end of the chapter, the scripture uh, makes it clear what the works are. <laughs> yes, we are supposed to cast out demons. We are supposed to lay hands on the sick for them to recover. The scripture says we shall take up serpents, right? And we know that there are denominations on the earth right now that you know, play, uh, you know, up-tempo music and reach into baskets and grab snakes and trust that the Most High is um, is going to protect them. And I know of, in, in many of those cases, the men and or women that have handled these actual snakes died. That is not what Mark 16 is talking about. A serpent is another word for a demon. And serpents... Uh, sit over regions and over areas doing that blinding work of putting a veil over people's eyes so that they don't see the glorious light of the gospel, what we just read in uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Look, us taking up serpents means battling in prayer and gaining authority because he gave us authority. He said this, all power is given unto me, so therefore you go, right? I've, I've got all the authority now, and I deputize you. And in the area and, and circumstance of your call, I give you my authority. And so if there is a demonic presence there, you take it up. You heal the sick there. You cast out demons there, and you represent me there. That is the work. This idea of chilling, um, that's a that's a deception. It's it's an absolute deception. The most high is not looking for us to be constantly busy and hardly ever sleeping. It, it's not that. But through the natural course of our life, he is expecting that we have within ourselves enough of understanding and power and grace from him that in the intersections of of work uh play um going to the store going to the gym whatever that he can cause these appointments you know through through conversation that we had no idea where it was going to go um these appointments these intersections are happening where people need to both hear and sometimes see the goodness of God so that that veil comes off of their spiritual seat, their spiritual sight, so that they can take up the, the glorious gospel and, and, and wield it for themselves. So, yeah, this, this, uh, and, and you mentioned the thing about a, a, a rapture. Um, I would challenge everyone to read Matthew chapter 13 and see when the angels come. Okay. Just listen for that. Read and see where the angels come, because when the angels come, it's the end of the world and see what happens there. Matthew 13. <laughs> Back to you, brother Malcolm. No problem. That's, ah, there's, there's a lot there now. We're, we're, <laughs> kind of wrapping up on time. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to try to make a point. And then if there's some time, maybe ask another question or I'm, I might hold it till, till our next, our next session. Um, but I, I like, I like how you describe that sister Deborah B about the mm -hmm. idea of kind of just chilling <laughs> until the end. Um, you know, it's very often, I think in a lot of people's 
sermons, teachings, and even some songs, um, particularly for, I think, within our community, this idea of you kind of just waiting for the by and by. And I understand that a lot of that, the the time when those songs were penned, it was when our, our people were not able, uh, they didn't have the freedoms that we we have now. Um, so that, that kind of, that kind of seemed like that, that, that's all you could do (laughs) was really wait, wait, wait for the end. Um, but you know, praise be to the most high that, that, that is no longer the case. And, um, you know, he is, you know, in the process of rectifying a lot of those things that were done to our people. And I know we will discuss that and (laughs) and discuss that in future broadcasts. Um, but in regards to the body of Christ, uh, we really are called to be ambassadors, called to be soldiers uh, in, in, this, in, in the Lord's army. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I find it interesting, I guess, even going back to the idea of, you know, uh, I made the point about America not seeming like a, a kingdom. So sometimes mm-hmm. people can have that disconnect. But even um, when we think of kingdoms, we usually think of things naturally. So we think of, oh, oh this country, this country, and so on and so forth. But the most highest kingdom is spiritual. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of metaphorical land to be covered um, yes. because that involves people's souls. Yes. So just like you were mentioning, you know, you could be going to the grocery store, picking up something to eat for dinner and be commissioned or called or led by the Holy Spirit to engage with yes. somebody, you know, engage in spiritual warfare, even if it's just smiling at somebody, even if it's offering um, to carry somebody's bags or groceries or whatever. And um, I was trying to find the scripture. Uh, I can't remember where it is, but there's this part in the Old Testament, on the Old Testament, if I'm not mistaken, where after the Israelites have gone out of Egypt and all that stuff, so they've gone through the Exodus and things like that, and the Most High is taking them to the Promised Land, and he's explaining to them that, okay, now you have to go and fight all these people right. to get your land. So the promise was it's their land. You know, yep. it's it's already there, but you still mm-hmm. have to go. You still have to go and fight. Yep. And to me, it seems like very similar. It's the same thing, but in the spiritual. So there's work to be done. There's a finished work already done. We know that, you know, Yeshua handled that. Just like Elder and Kenji uh, made that point. But we still have to go and do that work. We still have to go and live out our purpose, live out our call. We have to let our light shine. We have to do all those things wherever he is um, sending us to, whether it's on a mission trip somewhere or whether it's to be kind to your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Like that spiritual um, exercising of his power and his dominion still has to be done. Excellent. And But that requires us, you know, that requires us to, I would even say, go beyond uh, religious understanding, because I know for a lot of people, they limit what kingdom work can be done, because sure. if it's if it doesn't fit into um, preaching in a pulpit, if it doesn't fit into teaching on Sunday, you know, Sunday school or something like that, or a variety of things, then it's not ministry, then it's not kingdom work, then it's not, you know, of God. But we know the most high doesn't, <laughs> he does things the way that he wants to, wants them to be done. Amen. Um, but no, so I have a question in, in regards to this topic, you know, substituting religious form for God's power. Mm-hmm. I would say, particularly within our community, within, within the black community, there are a lot of people, um, who are in search for power, mm-hmm. who are in search for supernatural and spiritual power. And I'm sure it's always been the case, but I know fairly recently, at least from what I've seen, there has been a huge uptick of interest in witchcraft. There's a huge uptick in interest in uh, can be ancestral worship or Mm -hmm. going back to African spirituality and things like that. And I know for some people, there are like two motivations behind that. One, they are trying to get back to what they believe are their roots as black right. people. Mm-hmm. And the second is they want something that seems like it works, mm-hmm. you know, like 
for some people seeing their grandma, you know, pray every day for a long time and nothing seems to change in their life. They are still struggling. They're still poor. They're still whatever. They haven't been healed. People are in their family, people are in our community, things just aren't getting better. Mm-hmm. But you turn over here and I'm saying this kind of facetiously, but you turn over here and you see Harry Potter's doing all this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, uh, why not? I, I, there seems to be results getting, getting, you know, handled over there. This Christian stuff, this Jesus stuff, I, it's not working. It's not working for our people. It doesn't seem to have been working for the past 400 years. I'm going to go back to what the ancestors used to do mm-hmm. and search for power and search for answers and search for whatever. Mm-hmm. How, how do we, how do we respond to that? You know, if people are looking for power, but it seems to be absent here. Our, one, is it true power? And two, again, like, what are we supposed to do with that as, as, as followers of the most high? Excellent question. There could probably be some very long answers. I'll try to be <laughs> brief and, and maybe we'll pick up some more of this when we return. But simply stated, if one reads the scripture without the biases of someone telling them what things mean, okay? I believe that if you read the scripture plainly, if you understand the words or use a dictionary to understand words that may be over your head, you will come to the conclusion that the Most High is expecting to act powerfully and enable those who will walk with him to live in power and not be subject to every circumstance that that it would seem they should be circ- uh, a subject to. Um, the Bible also shows very clearly that uh, there is an anti-power, a demonic power, a power that is real, a power that is tangible tangible, but it is lesser than that of the most high. And so it shouldn't be a surprise to see power working in a sense that does not honor the most high. And for those who believe that um, with, with believers in the most high, there has been no power. There have been no uh, evidences of power for 400 years or, or, or the last four weeks. I would say that uh, you're not uh, correct. People who have received the baptism of of the Spirit, people who have read the Scripture, prayed with their understanding and with the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15, okay? Uh, People who have fasted have seen power. I I have personally seen miracles. And when I say seen them, I don't just mean on television, on cable, at late night. I mean, I've seen the power of God wielded through my own hands. I have seen the miraculous. And I'm going to tell you, I'm just like everybody else. You know, I put my pants on uh, one leg at a time. You know, I... I, I I have to go to the bathroom. I have to sleep. I'm just as regular and normal as everyone else. But because I have obeyed the most high in these, these uh, doctrines that he has in the scripture with respect to submitting to and receiving power, I have seen the miraculous, you know, because, because we need to probably in this show, I won't go into a lot of detail, but I I will assure the listeners, we're going to go into great detail, explicit detail, okay? This whole series is about um, church government, okay? We're going to talk about elders, bishops, pastors, evangelists, uh, you know, teachers, apostles, prophets. We're going to talk about these things, and you cannot talk about apostles and prophets without talking about power. I I said in our last show, I've been called to be an apostle. I can say that. It's not a brag. It's not not something self-appointed. 
And we'll talk about what that means, but I have seen power. I've prayed for for people and things have happened immediately. I have cast out demons. There is, this is the truth. It is not just for, you know, foreign lands. It is not just for years ago. It happens today. And, you know, like I said, to, to conclude the answer, because I, I could talk for probably 20 minutes on this alone. Uh, maybe we maybe we'll pick up the next show about this. But rest assured that what people believe is the going back to the roots, the roots that are not related to the most high are the reason for some of your troubles today. If we had followed the, the scripture I would say you may have been born in another land. There would be less uh, question about who you are and what your purposes are. But again, just for to conclude, power is real. Demonic power is real. But the Most High is called the Most High in the Scripture because his authority and his power is higher than all others. Go ahead, Sister Borby. That was awesome. I just wanted to say that was awesome the way you broke that down because I was just thinking just in the Old Testament when the Israelites started to mingle with the Amorites and the Canaanites, I believe it just caused so much confusion and Mm -hmm. disruption to the plan, you know, to them receiving their inheritance in full. It brought on the curse. Mm -hmm. And so we just have to be careful who we look to as our source our source is the most high yes we cannot look at resources we can't look at resources as our god because everything comes from the source and that's him that's the most high period the enemy could entice us and say i'll give it to you right now but what at what cost in the end exactly so I just wanted to share that, but your explanation was just on point. Thank you. I'm sorry. We're going to have to go over time for for just a few minutes, but I I really feel led to say this. I'm not going to go very long, but I want to say to all of the the Black people, particularly, you know, those who call themselves African-Americans, the things in the scripture were not written for somebody else. They were written for you. The Most High had you in mind. Because our ancestors wanted to be like others who looked like them but had different gods, some of the trouble that befell them has touched us to this very day. But I want you to understand, when somebody tells you that a a white man wrote this book, that is a lie. That is an absolute lie. The people who wrote the books, about 40 men, 66 books, they look like you. Yeah, I'm in it. Not joking. And we'll we'll talk about that with, with a lot more specificity over time. But I just want you to hear that. It's a lie when people tell you that this is not for us. It's a lie when people tell you that we were all Muslims. The, the 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 transatlantic slave database, all of these Africans that came over here, they had Hebrew names. We laugh at, we laugh at, you know, sister's name, Akia, and all this Yah at the end of everything. The Yah at the end of everything is for Yah. And here we are in the dark, not knowing anything about that. And we still name our children in that way. Interesting. That's enough of a tease. Back to you. Brother Malcolm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah. Well, well, so, yes, there's. Um, thank you. Thank you, uh, Elder and Kenji. And thank you, Sister Deborah B. We are we're just going to wrap it there because um, there there is a lot there that we will be covering as we continue on Kingdom Order Principles. Thank you for watching on YouTube. If you are watching on YouTube, please be sure to like, share and subscribe. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting app, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps a lot um, so that more people are able to be exposed to what we're sharing here and what we're discussing here. 
and um, continuing these discussions so that we can do the work to get in order with the kingdom. So thank you for, for listening. Thank you for watching. And we will see you all next time. See ya.